Hello, and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this week we are talking about season three, episode six. Episode six, yep. Episode six, Love Plus One. Woo! Woo! But before we get into that, there's been some exciting news in the Will and Grace world. Oh, sorry. That's the wrong thing. That's the wrong thing. Don't get confused. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. Okay, so has everyone seen the new trailer? Get out of here, you silly woman! So, yes, if you haven't seen it, stop, pause this episode, go search. It's good. We like it's it. It's fun. So, yes, um, Will and Grace is coming back. Woo! Thursdays this fall. Yay! We're so excited. We're so scared. We're mostly excited, though. <laughs> mostly scared. But, and but excited. And scared. Excited. And scared. <laughs> we're on speed now. <laughs> no, I we're mean, on caffeine pills. I'm sorry. Caffeine pills. Sorry. Oh, my God. How uh, embarrassing. Oh, my God. Can't it was really speed. good, though. I yeah. enjoyed it. I found it perplexing, but I am still... My overwhelming excitement cannot override my uh, some concern. Tess is just being a grump because she didn't like their singing. I, it's not even that I didn't like their singing. It's that I didn't really understand why they were singing. <laughs> and I also didn't understand... I don't... like. I'm not like an, an elderly gay man, so I don't recognize this song. It is it song. Is it from something? Uh, I think they've changed the lyrics, but yes, I think it's originally from something. Okay, well, I didn't recognize it. So yes. That didn't do anything for it's me. It's just like an old standard. I guess. I don't know. And then I was confused about how meta it was. Like, at the beginning, they were like, no, we're playing Deborah Messing and Eric McCormick. But then... But then Karen Walker and Jack McFarland were playing themselves. Karen and Walker and Jack McFarland, and I was very confused. Yeah, they were not Sean Hayes and Megan Mullally at that point. Using. Speaking of Sean Hayes, he very recently went to go see Dear Evan Hansen, my new favorite musical. Do you think <laughs> if I keep mentioning them on the podcast, they will like somehow give me tickets? No. Damn it. We don't live in New York. They could fly me. I, I could fly myself. Also, you sound like a crazy lady. It's, is it because of the over 1,000, 100,000 words of fan fiction I've written in the Dear Evan Hansen fandom? Yes. Okay, cool. Anyways. I actually want to go back and talk about the meta-ness of the premise. Okay. Um, I think that's a really fascinating tactic that they're taking. Um, and this is something that we haven't, I don't think, really talked about in our discussion of the announcement or any of the stuff. I think it's so fascinating from an outsider's perspective who's, like, seeing Will and Grace for the first time now. Mm-hmm. And I'm able to really compare it directly. Not that you're not, but, like, you're biased and you've seen the whole thing and it's different. Me? Biased? What? <laughs> yeah, she's never been biased in her whole goddamn life. I will punch your face. I think it's so interesting that... The, all of the promos and all of the lead up and all of the shots and all of the Twitter posts, they have had this same kind of, um, it's like a meta feel to mm-hmm. the marketing approach. Yeah. And which... it's it's one that I don't think is shared by Will and Grace, the original series. Yeah, that's something we kind of talked about a little bit before we started recording is like the most meta episode that we've watched so far was probably the one with the first ever televised gay kiss. Right. Because that was meta just because, you know, like NBC wouldn't let them do the kiss and then they did the kiss on NBC. And I think that's very different. I mean, Will yeah. and Grace is a show that has long, long been criticized for not being able to properly connect with, like, the reality of, like, mm-hmm. what it's really like to be gay and what yeah. it's really like to e- even just be in New York at that time period, you right. know? Right, yeah. Mean, like, they very, very famously did not acknowledge 9-11's happening. Yeah. And it's just interesting to me that the reboot is... 
first of all, it's coming from a place of meta, like, we get it, you miss Will and Grace. Right. Like, here it is, we're back. Mm-hmm. And then, like, that they've kept this thread going in every promo. Right, like, even thinking back to the vote honey thing, like, mm-hmm. that was that was in and of itself very meta, because they were commenting on the election, which is not really a thing that the show did. Right. Like, they really didn't get involved in any sort of political discourse. And I, I don't know what to make of it yet, and obviously once the show comes out and we figure out what to do about it, mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll talk about that more. But And maybe, you know, maybe all this is just lead up and the regular show is just going to jump right into being Will and Grace and they're not going to do all this. Mm -hmm. But it strikes me as, at least in comparison to the episodes I've seen, which is more than half of uh, David Cohen and Max Muckchunik's tenure Mm -hmm. on the show. Yeah, because they they take an exit pretty quickly. Yeah, they, I I believe you said it was at the end of the fourth season? I think that is when it is. Don't quote me on it. Okay. I mean, we're more than halfway through Mm -hmm. their time on the show. Right. And it just, it feels like if the revival is carrying through their through line, it's strange to me mm-hmm. that it has this meta feel. Okay, so, like, let me perform a quick literary analysis of <laughs> the song in the promo. Right. So they're saying it's, like, as if we'd never said goodbye. And I've heard a rumor that the show is supposed to pick up somewhere as, like, a reboot circus season four-ish. Mm. So, like, if that is the case, then they are literally telling us it is if we've never said goodbye because we were ignoring the latter four seasons of the show. That would be a very interesting tactic. I don't so, know how I feel about that, especially because I don't see us getting past season four mm-hmm. by the time the show starts. No, I would, I would, I don't think I'd be in support of that. I think that would be a very strange choice. Yeah. Um, personally, like I feel like there's just there. I know that the creators left the show after season four, but like, it would just be such a strange. Right. Move. I mean, it would almost be like in the Gilmore Girls revival if they just pretended that season seven didn't happen. I mean, in some ways, they did pretend that season seven didn't happen, <laughs> but that's what made it weird. <laughs> like, yeah, it made it weird. Yeah. So don't make it weird. We'll obviously be talking about the revival more as the summer goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still figuring out what we're going to do about it, how we're going to handle it, whether we're going to cover it and take a break from covering old episodes, whether mm-hmm. we're going to cover them back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, we're probably not going to be covering the both at the same time because yeah, my head busy. will explode. We have like, You're busy. Fuck you. <laughs> I said we're busy. Uh-huh. Um, I have things going on. Sure. Like no what? one's ever as busy as Tess. I, no one is. Let's not have this fight. I'm taking a break air. from writing a final paper to record this episode. I'm crying, imagine I'm sorry. tears. Is that how you cry? Is that the noise you make? That's how you cry. That's the noise you just made. Let's talk really briefly about um, the idea of must-see TV. Oh, yes. Because they talked about that a little bit in the trailer. And That's, then we're going to get into the real episode, we it's promise. It's coming back, must-see TV, Thursdays. I think, I think NBC, just in general, with must-see TV, mm-hmm. has such a fascinating relationship. You know, it's it's... Must-see TV is in part what put NBC on the map. Mm-hmm. And yet, for years, the network has been really resistant to stick with it. Like, ever since, um, like, Friends and ER ended, they mm-hmm. have had must-see TV on Thursdays a bunch of times, and they have, like, they actively re- refused to use it. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that for a while they were using, I think, Comedy Night Done Right was their tagline. Oh, no, no, no. For Thursdays! No. They had must-see TV, and they didn't use, you know what I mean? Well, yeah. I think that with this new lineup of Musty TV, because it's going to be This Is Us. Yes. And then Will and Grace is coming back. Yes. And then Great, Great News. News. which Great is, News is the lead out from Will and Grace. Yeah. And that's super fun. You should yeah. watch that. It's like a Tina Fey. It's so fun. What I'm thinking here is that they, they really do need to bring back the Musty TV label because they have to compete with Shondaland. Right. Well, and it's, 
Thursday is, for those of you who are not up on TV trends, Thursday, even before Must See TV, was the tagline for it. Right. Thursday is always one of the most competitive nights of television. Mm-hmm. You know, it's close to the weekend. It's right. It's perfect sweeps. There's a lot of reasons. We will go into it some other time. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also interesting how the shows that they're trying to bring in are all kind of nostalgia-based. Yeah. Great news, not quite as much. But, yeah, no, definitely. Like, but it looks back on, like, a Tina Fey era. That yeah, it definitely anymore. does. So there's, like, a 30 Rock nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Will and Grace is obviously some 90s, early aughts yeah. nostalgia. And then we've got This Is Us, which is, like, literally a show soaked in nostalgia and lit on yeah. fire. It's, it's nostalgia on so many levels. It's nostalgia for the 80s. It's nostalgia for... It's the 80s, 90s, and the 2000s. It's like... the 80s, 90s, and today, like, your favorite radio station. <laughs> right? They're just rubbing their dirty nostalgic hands all over Thursdays and calling it must-see TV, and yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I think it's, it's great that Will & Grace is becoming kind of the co-headliner of that block. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one's going to say the great news is, you know... I, but honestly, I don't even know what's on NBC on Thursdays anymore. Like, I don't know what it's bumping. You know, yeah, I have no, I have idea. no idea what's staying. And I think from a from a person who likes watching TV and likes following that element of it, for me, it's really interesting to see them creating a programming block around that again. But it's also really great to see that they're doing it in a way that is really honoring the roots of must-see TV. I'm excited for that from a totally analytical industry perspective. Can you guys tell that Matthew majored in journalism as an undergrad? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He has thoughts and feelings. I have so many about thoughts about television. Feelings. Okay, so speaking of thoughts and feelings on television, should we get into this week's episode? Yes, yes, okay. we should. I, I'm sorry for taking up so much time about the trailer, but like, it was on. great. How it could we not talk about? It the came out today as we're recording this, so right. we, we had to talk about. How it. How can we not talk about it? Okay, great. So this episode is titled "Love Plus One. Oh, I'm glad that we looked up how to pronounce this. A Cyrano de Bergerac style plot has Jack borrowing Will's words to impress a crush, Patrick Dempsey, Woo! while an ex. Jeremy Piven asks an amazed Grace to join him in a threesome with his new lover, Maria <laughs> Patillo. Okay, so clearly Jeremy Piven had managed to do something successful by the time they put this DVD out because it's not often that we get both guest stars listed on the DVD box set. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like fun story. I was asking Matthew before we started recording this, how do you pronounce uh, Cyrano de Bergerac? But she didn't say that. <laughs> but, she said, how do you pronounce that French guy's name? <laughs> I, I'm literally like sitting there thinking. I'm his like, response was, Jeremy Piven? Like, I just didn't know, like, there are literally only two people whose names you don't know, maybe know how to pronounce on this show. And one of them, like, you definitely do. Like, it must be Jeremy Piven, but he's not French. And also, that's still not a no, weird name. No, Serrano de Bergerac. I didn't know how to pronounce it because I've yeah. never seen it read. Oh, my God. But anyways, so there are two guest stars this week. Mm-hmm. And I only care about one of them, and it's Patrick Dempsey. Yes, let's talk about Patrick Dempsey pre-McDreamy. Oh, but not pre-McDreamy at all. Oh my god, he's very McDreamy. Was he wearing a turtleneck? I don't care. I don't, I think he was, but I just like looked right past it into his eyes. And his hair. Oh, his hair. Oh. Patrick Dempsey. I don't miss him on Grey's Anatomy at all. No. Because his character was such a shit the last like five seasons he was on the show. Well, and I feel like his time off Grey's coincided non-coincidentally with like some revelations about him not being a stand-up dude. Mm-hmm. But like, Mm-hmm. In my brain now, I can imagine that, like, 15 years ago, he still was a stand-up dude, and then, like, fame changed him. So he's really <laughs> hot in this episode. Yes. Where he's still pure like the virgin snow. Mm. That just makes me think of his pure baby ass in the first ever episode of Grey's Anatomy, where he's, like, mm-hmm. laying on the floor. Mm-hmm. And his just... I don't even know if it's a butt double. I like to imagine it isn't. I think we should get a supercut together of him on the floor... And then Eric McCormick, also part of the nude, and then, like, imagine... You want someone... You know, imagine, I don't need to make that. I just... I, I was going to say, that's, that's, like, fan fiction is what you are requesting. Yeah, but I want it, I want it in video form. But, you, again, I just have it in my brain now, and I don't really need it. a fan video. 
Yeah, fan video. Or porn. Fan porn video? Is that a thing? Anyway. The, the plot itself <laughs> is kind of silly. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So as, as we said in the, the trailer, it's a Surrounded Bergerac plot. Yes. Which, if you are not familiar with Surrounded Bergerac... He's a French guy. <laughs> do not... <laughs> why, don't, why don't you sit down and I'll handle this one. I am sitting down. How dare you? Sit down further. Surrounded Bergerac is one of the classic plays in the canon. I know how theater works now. I yeah. work in the theater. He works in the theater. Um, the TLDR version of the plot is that this guy who's Surround's friend falls in love with a woman mm-hmm. and wants Surround to help him fall... Woo her. Help him woo her, yes. Wants to help her fall in love with him. So he's, his friend starts wanting to write all these love notes to the woman, mm-hmm. but he's a bad writer and Serrano is a good writer. So then Serrano writes the notes and the woman falls in love with the notes, but she actually falls in love with Serrano. And usually Serrano has a big nose, but that's really not relevant. Mm-hmm. So... As you may know, listening to this, this is obviously a very easy plot to pick up. Oh, yeah. Almost every sitcom has done it. Mm-hmm. It's the plot of so many movies. Oh, my God, yes. It's just like a time honored trope of, like, the person who's shy. Right. Like, it's literally the plot of Dear Evan Hansen. Sort of. Shut up! No, it is not! It kind of is. False! Though. No, okay, think about False, it. False! Kind of. It's, it's, the, plot of, it's okay. the plot of Dear Evan Hansen, like, in reverse. Okay, I'm buying it immediately. He's both the friend and Serato. <laughs> He's, it's meta. It's, it's a meta version because he's both the friend, and, but the Serrano is, is Evan, but then the friend is her brother and it's weird. Right. And the friend is her brother who's dead. And, he's, really, and he's dead. Yes. It's it's a reverse Serrano Bergerac. Oh God. So like now we've really taken it to a new level. Oh. I just blew test this goddamn Oh mind. God. I regret everything I've ever written in this fandom. <laughs> I don't really, but I'm really just, I'm having to take a long, hard look in the mirror. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. But anyways. So, so. Surrounded Bergerac is very fertile ground, even today. And this episode features more like a Serrano Day Banana Republic. Yes, it is definitely a Serrano Day Banana Republic. Because, okay, so a lot... The whole Jack and Will plot of this episode takes place in a Banana Republic. Yes. Because Jack is working there. Yes. For reasons. He needs a job. He needs a job, but he's just... He's working at, at the Banana. Right. And it's very culty. It kind of reminds me of how people say that Lululemon is. Uh-huh. Well, just... I think Banana Republic was like the original like culty store. Shit, really? Yeah. It was intense. Where should the Banana, banana Well, don't they, the banana. do they call them sales associates or was there like an even fancier title they had? I don't know. I don't remember. I've never worked but at anyways, Banana Republic. But anyways, Jack was very proud to be yes. there. So he's got one of those goofy ass like headsets that go with a walkie talkie. Mm-hmm. And I also think that, and again, I may totally make you this up out of whole cloth. My impression, at least, is that Banana Republic was probably one of like the earlier stores to have like the headsets in the store. Because mm. then it was like, oh, I went to Banana Republic. They talk on headsets. They're fancy. As a reminder, this episode features a character getting paged. So, yes. like, we are not at the forefront of technology. Oh, my God. Yes. So, anyways, Jack works at Banana Republic. And this hot guy keeps coming in and he orders pants. It's Patrick Dempsey. The hot guy is Patrick Dempsey. And he realizes that the guy is smart. And so he 911 pages Will. <laughs> I believe it's like literally it says like gay emergency or something ridiculous. It was a gay emergency. Patrick yes. Dempsey is really fucking it's hot. It's a gay emergency. Just let me have this, okay? No. Fine. Anyways, um, so he, <laughs> he pages Will and he's like, help, this guy's hot. I don't know. He's hot and he's smart and I don't know how to talk to him. So Will agrees to, through the headset, yes. say words, and then Jack will say them back. Which is... Which is just so great. It's so great because <laughs> because Jack doesn't really know when Will is giving him directions versus when Will is 
arguing with a salesperson. Is or like saying specifically what Jack should repeat. Yeah. So like so like there's this beautiful moment at one point where he's just like, No, you idiot. That was and like Right, right. And then he and then you've got Jack be like, No, you idiot <laughs> <laughs> And then Jack does at one point scream, Get out of here, you silly woman <laughs> Which is why I screamed it. Not just because that's the thing I say. <laughs> although it definitely is now. We had to pause the DVD after that because basically Will is hiding in a changing room while this is happening. Yes. And he's like, <laughs> he's jumping on the conversation. And this one woman keeps trying to come into the changing room to like try on clothes. No, I think it's a sales associate. She's trying to help him. Okay. Well, either way, she keeps coming in and he keeps... And so then he finally is shouting, get out of here, you silly woman. <laughs> So, of course, Jack screams it back and then has to, like, usher some poor woman out of the store. Oh, God. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. Um, But it, it's also a little bit dated, this whole plot. Like, there's a page that's involved, the right. headsets. Like, if this were happening today, like, this would be a, a text exchange. Like, he would just look yeah. like he was on his But phone a lot of it would be very... I mean, you could still have a Bluetooth headset. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, like, you would still have... You would still have a lot of the components. It would just have to be updated. Right. To modern times. But here's the thing. You would never have the guy coming to the store... To pick up the proper size pants. Yes, because they would either already be there or he would have just bought them on Amazon. Oh my god, like this. Amazon. Ruining gay hookups across my America. My fucking mind. Because online shopping wasn't a thing yet. Yeah, like, I think this episode like predates Amazon. Like, oh my god. Predates like even like before it was the behemoth Amazon. Like borderline. <sighs> Sweet baby Jesus. Yeah. But anyways, because... It has a happy ending. It does have a happy ending. So, because Patrick Dempsey is not an idiot, he clearly <laughs> can... He's smart. He, he's smart. And as you prove that he is smart, he can tell that Jack is just parroting back someone else's words. Especially because Will keeps shrieking from the dressing room area. Like, they're not subtle in this. <laughs> you know, and the other thing I thought about after we watched the episode is that um, they don't, like, ever set this up, but I'm, like, fridge-logicking it. Like, when Jack and Patrick Dempsey's character, who's named Matthew, by the way. Oh, yeah, his name is Matthew. When they're talking, like, Patrick Dempsey can see the changing rooms. <laughs> right! So, like, they're straight up, like... Like, if you were... They're just, like, baking on him being very unobservant. If Patrick Dempsey is the main character of this show, you have an entire episode where he meets this guy at a Banana Republic... And then, like, he's just watching this other guy <laughs> say a bunch of things before this guy he just met says them. <laughs> and, like, the, that's how the whole episode is from his point of view with, yeah. like, Jack in front and then this guy behind fighting with the changing room lady. <laughs> Kinky. Yeah. But anyways, he's super turned on by um, Will. Yeah. Sight unseen, apparently. Yes. He, is, he falls in love with Will's brain, not his body. But then he likes his body, too, and he asks him out, and it's beautiful. Um, and everyone is weirdly okay with this. Like, no one thinks this is at all weird. Like, you know why Patrick Dez's character is so weirdly chill? Huh? He's a sports writer. You're right. That's, that's the definitely weirdest, it. That is the weirdest of all journalists. I, I did personally think it was pretty damn funny that Patrick Dempsey is playing a journalist called Matthew. Yes. <laughs> but he's a sports journalist and he's gay. So, like, oh. there's a lot of stuff going on there. That sounds like daddy issues. It sounds like daddy issues. And he definitely seems the kind of person he'd be like, Hey, this person bought something that I almost got forced to buy by a pushy salesperson. I don't care what they look like. I have to see where they put that in their home. Mm-hmm. So, and it's a happy ending. Mm-hmm. I hope we see Patrick Dempsey again. Don't tell me, but tell me. But don't tell me, but don't tell me. I'll see him in my dreams either way. So it's a win-win situation. Get out of my dreams. Into my car. It's a weird song. I never really understood that. It is a weird song. Okay, so speaking of things that are weird, <laughs> let's talk about Grace's plot this episode. 
So, uh, Grace actually has the episode name plot. Yes. Kind of. I guess you could apply Love Plus One to uh, Serrano de Banana Republic as well. <laughs> it's, it's very versatile. It's very versatile. <laughs> Probably like Patrick Dempsey. Okay. So, anyways, in Grace's plot, mm-hmm. she gets a call from an ex and he wants to meet up and then it turns out that he wants to have a threesome with his current girlfriend. Yeah. And it is handled in, like, what I... Okay, so full confession. I've never been in a threesome, despite being asked many times because I am bisexual and people on the internet just assume that means I want to fuck both them and their boyfriend. Right. I don't. (laughs) Just as an FYI. But my understanding is that it usually does not involve meeting at a bookstore at a weird time in the middle of the (laughs) afternoon to, like, plot this rendezvous. I think, once again, I think we're dealing with a dated plot. And I think we have to understand that, like, this person, like, they can't text. I mean, I, like, I get that. But, like. I don't know. I guess, wouldn't you, if you but, were like, to be, couldn't you do that on the phone? Like. I guess if you were asked to be in a threesome, wouldn't you want to have that happen in person? I mean, yes. But I guess I wouldn't want it to happen at, like, a Borders. Like, yeah, they're right. clearly in, like, the Starbucks section of a Barnes & Noble when this is happening. <laughs> Kissing, like, really hardcore, too. Yeah, that was weird. There's a lot of, like, handling the butt stuff. Oh, yeah. There, there was, they literally at one point, like, they get up in each other's faces and, like, are kind of, like, smelling each other and their bodies are pressed together and they both kind of, like, simultaneously grab each other's ass and, like, pelvic thrust into Ugh. one another. Gross. It was very straight. Gross. So straight. So straight. But so anyways, then Grace has like a whole crisis of identity because she's like, I can't possibly do a threesome. Yeah. And then Will and Karen kind of like gently tease her about her how she's kind of very vanilla and prudy. And then she decides to do it anyways. And then she decides to do the threesome, sort of. I find threesomes one of the most fascinating things that humans do to each other. Do not start talking about how much you like throuples. Okay, but aside from all the things I can say about threesomes, because this episode is already very long... Considering how interesting I find threesomes, this plot bored me to tears. Oh my god, this was so boring. It it, it just went in so many bad directions. You know, like, it took forever to get to the point. Mm-hmm. It danced around it. It kept doing this, like, you know, morality thing where it's like, ooh, a threesome. Ooh, but no, a threesome. And, like, Grace really, like... First of all, I don't think Grace should have said yes to this threesome. Oh, no. She was very clearly uncomfortable, as, like, demonstrated when she walks into the hotel room and she's wearing, like, 57 layers of clothing. I don't even think that's it. I mean, like, I understand, like, having some trepidation about a new sexual experience with a, right. with a brand new partner that you've never met. Right. And your ex-boyfriend. But, like, it just, it didn't seem like she and her ex-boyfriend left it on good no, terms. No, it seemed like they were, like, a very volatile relationship to begin with. She totally so. got ambushed. Yeah. Grace has shown no actual signs of being bisexual. Mm-mm. So, like, she clearly wasn't into that. Right. And then, like, she was also very clearly, dis- like, especially uncomfortable with the presence of another woman. Like, yes. They, like, had that, like, weird thing where they were, like, crossing their hands and massaging her <laughs> shoulders. And, like, and she, like, kissed him and then, like, looked at him and was like, I'm going to have to work myself up to you and, like, right, shook, shook her, her hand, hand. Which was funny, but just, it was weird. Like, clearly she just wasn't comfortable. And, like, right. the, like I, I don't know. But the thing that really frustrated me with this episode was that, it's been established early in the episode that Grace and this guy had a really volatile relationship where they would, like, fight, and then they would, like, have basically, like, not hate sex, but, like... But, like... Inflamed passions sex. Right. It, yeah. And so he and his current girlfriend start doing that, 
and Grace just, like, gets up on the bed, stands up, and, like, fuels the fire, and is like, hey, I came all the way here, I'm having this threesome, and they're like, oh my god, that's so hot. Right, and then they, like, both go to, like, get on her, and then she's and, like, like... at that moment, I had totally bought into the yes, part of the episode. If they, if they had, if she'd had the threesome at that point, I would have bought it. It would have been very funny, because they all did the thing, yeah. where they got really, like, in, like incensed and angry, and then all had sex Hilarious. together, and it was beautiful. But then... Literally, all they do is that Grace just says the exact same paragraph again, except this time she's like, oh my god, I don't have a, when I have a threesome. Uh, Which is like, I get that. I see why that's funny. I chuckled a little bit. But it, yeah, it was just, it would have been a better payoff, in my opinion, if she'd had the threesome. Yeah. Like, I if, don't, it, if it, if like the plot had been like, Grace is having some trepidation about this new sexual experience, but she does it anyway, and it was a great time. Or it, she does it anyways, and it was a mediocre time, and she's never going to do it again, but who right. cares? Like, but, like, it. it was still funny. Like, it just, I, I don't care. I especially think it's strange that Grace is so resistant to this, since she's just spent the last couple episodes berating everyone for being mean to her for dating two dudes at the same time. Yeah. That was a that huge is... plot point where yes. Grace, like, specifically was like, hey, I'm not vanilla. I can date two guys at the same time. Josh is dating two people at the same time. Ben right. is dating two people at the same time. Like, but none then, of those are having sex with each other. No, but, like, immediately upon, like, the introduction of a possible three-way, like, she's, like, very closed off and weird about it and, like, right. feels bad about kissing him despite the fact that he has a girlfriend even though they clearly have an open-ish relationship. Right. So, yeah, I thought that was also kind of weird. Like, it made me... It just... It, it felt in character of Grace to be prudish, but it didn't feel in character for Grace to be prudish in that way at mm-hmm. this moment, when she is on what some would call a path of continuity, mm-hmm. but I'm willing, Grace, that just doesn't exist. Right. Um, so that was frustrating for Yeah. Me. I also want to kind of talk just briefly about the fact that, like, people kept teasing her for not being kinky and like yes to, i really want to talk about to that to me first of all kinky <laughs> <laughs> but second of all like i i guess maybe this is just like culturally kink has sort of changed as a definition yes. but like to me the act of having a threesome isn't necessarily kinky like mm-hmm. you could have like the world's most vanilla sex with two other people and i feel like with straights that probably happens a lot right like it's probably just like someone like Getting fucked and the other person, like, hanging them out or whatever. I don't know. Well, and then uh, Will refers to himself as, like, on the kink spectrum because he's gay or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that I thought was weird, too. Like, it seemed to me that the way they were using kink was more almost like we use queer, if that makes sense. Or I would say it was more just, like, in opposition to vanilla. Right. Whereas I think the word kink now has a really specific connotation in the BDSM community. Yeah, it definitely does. Like, it, it seems to... To connotate something very much more specific. Like, I think even now you can't use the words kink and fetish interchangeably. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's definitely a cultural shift. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. So, yeah. I thought that was kind of weird that they were, like, using kink to describe yeah. being gay and having a threesome. Which... And it was something I never thought about. But I mm-hmm. guess implicitly, God, when they, when they said that and they were saying that, I was like, okay, I definitely remember being alive in a period where, like, if I heard the word kink or the word kinky as, like, a teenager, mm-hmm. I would just think of anything outside normal heterosexual sex. Mm-hmm. Like, I could definitely picture a time when I would have thought of just any gay sex as kinky. Mm-hmm. Because it's just outside of the norm that you're comfortable with. Right. So, I totally get where this episode is coming from, but it's really interesting yeah, and that, to see that change. Yeah, it may just be like a product of its time, but I thought that yeah. was very interesting to encounter just because kink has such a specific definition to me. Mm-hmm. Like, please see all of my diatribes against Fifty Shades of Grey. Thank you. <laughs> Um, well, we've had an uh, example of, like, actual fetish play on this show already with right. Karen's video. Although, the less said about that episode, the better. Yes, probably. Um, but, yeah, so I thought, yeah. It's a well Will and Grace has gone to before, mm-hmm. and they're almost going to it with less, 
I'm not really mixing this metaphor properly, but they're going to it with less fervor or less interest than they were before. Yeah. They're, they're taking a lighter touch, a smaller sip of the well. Oh I made it eventually. You got proud it. Proud of me. I'm proud of you. Um, yeah, no. Uh, this also, I kind of... I also oh, yeah. found this to be a little bit interesting because in our personal lives, like, in Matthew is the far more vanilla person, mm-hmm. like, in general. And I am not. So it was very interesting to watch Will kind of, like, tease Grace about being vanilla because I sometimes tease Matthew about how vanilla he is. Yeah, it's not very nice. I try to do it with love. I mean, you try. I'm sorry. I love you. I, I did have the word think it was funny that at the end of the episode, everyone revealed that they also had not had threesomes after teasing Grace about it. Yeah, like I... Like Will straight up says it and then she tells Karen that she had the threesome and Karen's like, I can't even be in the same room with you. I'm leaving. Right. Like, she's like, I'm married. Like, <laughs> I have children. Uh, it was like, I thought that was very funny because now like kink shaming is such a thing on Tumblr, mm-hmm. but like, it, obviously it's like more like actual kinks or like weird things like right, right. like oh my god i once called shrek a dilf or whatever the fuck <laughs> like it's like i'm gonna kink shoot me for that right right but, right but yeah so i thought that was very interesting that nobody had had a threesome mm-hmm. okay now for a real question would you have a threesome i think it's been very clearly established in the literature that yes i would have a threesome in the literature yeah the literature of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> And the literature of the DSM manual, probably at this point. <laughs> I don't know if I have a three-way. Um, I have a hard enough time focusing on one person mm-hmm. in intimate moments. See, and I think you also have negative experiences of being asked about a threesome. Yes, that's true. Whereas I... for me, this is like a totally distant thing. And I don't think I would do it outside of a couple situation. So would you want to be in the couple? In oh, the absolutely. Group? Okay. So no, because wanna... I've heard horror stories about not being in the couple, and then you come between the couple, and that's a whole thing. Yikes. Um, but I feel like if I was in... A comfortable couple situation. I feel like that would be a thing that I would probably explore mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah, please I date me, gentlemen. <laughs> date me, and I'll have a threesome with you later. <laughs> but I mean, like, just this, <laughs> I don't. I don't know how I'd go about it. Like, again, being very vanilla and living in the Midwest, like I don't feel like threesomes are falling off the tree here. So is speak. that the expression? Yes, yes falling off the tree. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, if you don't do a threesome right, then you fall off the tree. Get it? Because there's too many there's too many bodies and they're moving up and down and then you fall off the tree and you're like oh no I gotta get back on the tree. I'm sending pictures of the most amazing trees. Or maybe depending on like who you're with, it's like a shrub or like a, a really thick bush. You'll be obsessed with all my <laughs> forest expertise. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep singing this song until you stop making tree metaphors. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I don't think I would have one, though. But I think I would, in the right situation. Yeah. Which I, is a small situation, because, again, moderately vanilla. Yeah, no, I just, mm-mm, mm-mm, no, I've never had a good experience with anyone asking me, so mm-hmm. I just can't imagine that I could not bring that baggage into the room. But I'm an optimist. <laughs> End of reasons. <laughs> Wait, I'm an optimist and I'm versatile. But I have two reasons. Did you guys know Matthew's verse? Yeah, so verse. He's so verse. See, now what we say it so many times, it sounds like we're lying. <laughs> this boy is not a bottom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm so glad my parents don't listen to this. Mine do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we talk about where everyone's parents find us on the internet? Yes, we should. You should tell them, Matthew. All right. Um, so if you're looking for us on the internet, the best place to look first is our Twitter page. That's at Not A Couple Show. Otherwise, you can send us an email, notacouplepodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook, Tumblr, 
Mixcloud, our show notes are on Medium, iTunes, iTunes. We exist. The whole nine yards. I'm you can find us in so many places now. You have no excuse not to listen to this podcast. Yeah, what and the you fuck? have no excuse not to tell your best gay or girlfriend about it. Yeah, or boyfriend or whatever. You know, what? Friends just tell you your have. friends. Tell your mom. Maybe don't tell your mom. Tell your mom. You know what? Yeah, your tell mom your can mom. handle it. Your mom can handle it. Tell your mom. And she will be able to handle this podcast. Mm-hmm. We're rated PG-13. We are rated explicit. Are you out of your damn mind? We're rated PG-13 explicit. Like, you turn the three around and it's got an E on it. I've e- literally said fuck like 15 times in this episode alone. Well, we're fine. F- we're rated explicit. We're fucking explicit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that's all we have for this week. Yes. Uh, just a reminder, next week's going to be our last episode for a smidgeny bit. And then we're going to take a break so we can literally move. Yep. And then we'll be right back here where we started. Uh, well, except not literally. Not literally. We'll be figuratively no. back where we started. We'll be back and through your internet tubes. Yeah. And it'll be Pride Month and it'll be glorious and it'll just be the greatest thing. <gasps> what are we going to do for Pride Month? I think we should dress up. On our podcast. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Tell us what you want us to wear, everybody. I guess we'll post pictures. Oh, I just bought, um, just in case any of you in the United States weren't aware, Target is now selling pride items. Only in select stores. Only in select stores. But look them up because I got like a tiny pride flag for myself and I've never owned a bisexual pride flag and I was... <gasps> That's so exciting So I bought you. one and it was a dollar, so yeah. I'll just buy a normal pride flag because I'm just... Oh, I bought, I bought you one too. Yay! <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this has been Not A Couple. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. episode of Not A Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience and one cat. What the fuck, Eliza? <laughs> <laughs> this episode would not be possible without Banana Republic, who certainly never thought that one bit of very gay product placement would still be reaping very niche benefits 17 years later. 